special, and I mean a really special, holiday edition of Wrestling with the Future. Tonight, we talk about the master himself and pay tribute to the man called the Dean of Professional Wrestling, Gordon Soley, as told by his beloved daughter. Her name is Pam Allen, and she is our guest tonight. But before we bring Pam in, let's talk to our guys. Big Ben Scala from Ocala. Ben, you're looking more and more like Professor Irwin Corey, brother. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'm going. I'm going for the homeless look, actually, but I'll take oh, Professor so- Corey. It's it, it suits you well, brother. You look good on it. <laughs> I just want people to drive by and give me soup. That's that's my own goal. They'll allow me to give you soup on a loaf of bread at that rate. Holy <laughs> shit. And Dan, the man, Sebastiano, the smartest guy in the room, the happy haberdasher, the man who took a shot at me today, Pam, insinuating that I, as a Santa Claus, would not allow children the opportunity to speak their gifts to me that I would somehow interrupt them. Now, could you ever see me doing that, Pam? <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Taking a fifth. <laughs> Take the fifth. laughing at me. Please the fifth. Please the fifth. Again, no, yes, sh- no hobbling okay, glass. <laughs> well, Can let me introduce, that, uh, officially introduce our guest tonight. Tonight... As I said, we remember the master himself, the Dean of Pro Wrestling, Gordon Soley. Gordon was a Florida-based professional wrestling play-by-play announcer, working for Georgia Championship Wrestling, Championship Wrestling from Florida, USA Championship Wrestling, Continental Wrestling, and World Championship Wrestling. He is considered by the masses to be the most credible announcer ever to hold that prestigious position, giving him the moniker the Dean of Professional Wrestling. He came into this world in 1929, and he went to the big ring in the sky in 2000, and the world of pro wrestling has not been the same since. But we also have a woman that's going to walk us through the life and career of Gordon Soley. She knew him best. She was, in fact, his daughter, Pam Allen. Pam, welcome to the show. Uh, Pleasure to be here. When I promised I Ben can... Scala, I, I have to tell you, Pam, you know, these guys, they drive a hard bargain. I, I told Benny, you know, uh, I'm going to give you the first series of questions tonight because he pout, he, he's a pathetic looking guy, Pam. He likes to pout. <laughs> he's got that. He's got that big lip that just kind of like kind of drool. Yep, that's out. right. So I'm going to give Benny the first question. Benny, go for it, my friend. You got. All right, Pam. I'm going to pick up my lip from the floor and try to ask you a question, there, Pam. There it's a pleasure. Very. It's a <laughs> pleasure to meet you. So, um, I thought of uh, because I think your dad is just about he he is like the god of of wrestling broadcasters, and I was trying to think of a good analogy to explain to you how good I thought he was, and I, it finally came to me. I grew up in uh, Long Island, New York. Got to do my Long Island plug there, Li. So uh, they had something on WPIX Channel 11 called the Yule Log. And the Yule Log, every December 24th, for I think from 1966, I think till the present, actually, um, it consists of a 17-second loop of a, of, a Yule, of, of a log burning in a fireplace. And mm-hmm. it, it goes it, for hours and hours and hours. And I think it actually, Angela, I'm not sure, I think it was actually shot at Gracie Mansion. It which was is the mayor's house in New York, but it was, you know, and people actually watch this Yule log, and you know, like I said, for hours you see a log burning in a fireplace, and I thought, you know, your dad could commentate on that Yule log and make it sound like <laughs> the seventh game of the World Series. That's how good he was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he would. He would. I mean, he'd make it its own personality, you know. And People would be sitting at the edge of their on the edge of their chairs, listening to your dad <laughs> commentate about this Yule log. So, I guess my first question, Pam, is um, how did how did your dad go from? And we have a connection. So, your dad, I guess, was born in Minneapolis. Yes. And he lived he lived in Newport Ritchie. Yeah, that's where was his last residence. Okay, so I I live in Newport Ritchie, and before I lived in Newport Ritchie for four years. I lived in Robbinsdale, which is actually a, a huge wrestling town, but it is right. You could throw a rock from Robbinsdale and hit Minneapolis. 
So how did how did your dad go from and I guess his real name is Francis Jonard? Is it Labiak? I'm probably not pronouncing it right. Right. <laughs> yeah. How did Francis he go from Jonard. that to 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 Gordon Soli? Uh, and it's Labiak. Labiak. Um, okay. Sorry. Yeah, Labiak. Um, actually, can you see someone signing off? And this is Jonard. Well, actually, he was adopted. Let me go back. He was adopted when he was uh, eight or nine by his stepfather. Uh, and his last name was Shobum. So my dad had the last name of Shobum because back then it was like, you know, you don't have kids with different names in a family. Right. So to, to lean some legitimacy to it. And he became Gennard Pierre Shobum. And Pierre was my step-grandfather's first name. And when dad decided he wanted to go into announcing, um, even in the early career, uh, he couldn't see himself saying, and this is Gennard Schoblum saying, so long from the Sunshine State. I mean, that's just not going to, that's not going to work. It would be, people yeah. would be going, what? And, because uh, I, can, I can attest to that, because in class, I would raise, my, they would come to my name and they'd say, Pamela, uh, and they're looking around the room, I'm, Schoblum, I'm back here. Most people can't even pronounce it, much less spell it. So he took my great-grandmother's uh, maiden name, which was Gordon, and my grandmother's maiden name, his mother, uh, which was Soli, and he became Gordon Soli. Wow. And it had a better ring to it. And go. he had a girlfriend. Well, he had a girlfriend back when my parents were um, split, and her name was Terry. And so he took her, her name, Terry, and it became Terrence. And so he became Gordon Terrence Foley. And there you have it. <laughs> there you go. Good, Ben. So how did, how did he actually uh, get to be? I, 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 my understanding is he was initially a ring announcer down in Florida. How did yeah, he get that job? And then how did he morph into being an announcer? Well, there's a couple stories out there. Mike Graham always said that, you know, he, he, he and his dad discovered my dad and, and uh, Cowboy Luttrell heard my dad at a uh, calling a race at Phillips Field in Tampa. And I've said this many times before. My dad was a much better track announcer. Y'all couldn't, you, you wouldn't understand that, but he, he was amazing. You could close your eyes, just like what you said about him making that fire come alive. You could close your eyes and you knew exactly where they were at on the track, what gear they were going into, what the driver was doing, because dad called it that way. And... Cowboy asked him if he'd be interested in uh, announcing in the ring. And Dad says, oh, yeah, yeah. Because the only two big sports in Florida at that time, actually three, because wrestling was just starting, would be um, auto racing and golf. Yeah, my dad's not a golf announcer. Uh, so he took the position, and he said, well, how do you want me to, how do, you want me to do this? And, Cowboy's basic comeback was like your life depended on it. Exactly. So Five dollars a week. My father went and did all of the in, in ring announcing, which eventually led to him getting to, uh, to become very good friends with Eddie Graham. And yeah, Mike. Mike was Mike was like my age or was my age. Yeah. And it their friendship just spanned the years and they led one another into it and Cowboy took both of them under their under his wings and made them who they are or were at that time. Absolutely. So. You mentioned uh, your father's a passion for racing. A lot of people don't know this but he was quite skilled uh, as a race announcer. I was able to do something that was hard for me to do but I, I was able to pull some some audio clips up. I had to go into the archives to do it, but there oh, wow. are, if you, if you, um, if people are interested in doing it, um, you can go into, and I, I think the site that I went into was, uh, the North American stock car racing association. They have an archive and believe it or not. And it's unbelievable. If you listen to it, Gordon oh Soli calling an auto race. Amazing stuff. Absolutely yeah, he could make, amazing. I'm sorry. Um, 
it has been said that he could make a blind man see the race. You, you know what? And let's talk about that because he had that that air of legitimacy. That was the thing that that you know. I don't care who you are, fan or or not of the sport. He had this this sensibility about him, Pam, to make everything seem crucial. To to quote the cowboy, like the life depended on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, and we talked about this before, Dan and Benny. The mm-hmm. the uh, the the sensibility of legitimacy, um, credibility. People believed when he spoke. They believed he was calling a real fight. Yep. And so, Dan, mm-hmm. why don't you pick up with Pam? Uh, from you know, wherever you want to go with this and uh, and go for it. Yeah, w- Angelo uh, started on that good point, and it's something that's come up on this show many, many times this year, is the fact that the, the downfall of the current, a lot of the downfall of the current product is linked to the fact that it's not presented as a real product anymore. Now, obviously, that genie's long been out of the bottle, but the, the, you listen to the announcers and they pitch products and they pitch sponsors and they talk about backstage segments and they just sound disinterested or they're hype. They're clearly reading from a script. I'm wondering if you have, especially with the uh, uh, induction, I want to say it was 2008, somewhere in there, 2007, 2008, yeah. when, when your father was inducted into the Hall of Fame and the miniseries mm-hmm. that, that uh, Jim Ross produced, bringing up a lot of his Twitch. From I'm to understand, brought a whole new legion of, of fans to a product that may not have seen you or been, had the pleasure of hearing your father announce. I'm curious if you have any opinions on the fact that that what what your father did, what made your your father such a success, it has been completely abandoned in the modern era. He thought it was too before he died. He goes, "This this is no longer what I what I started." You know, I mean, he did bring legitimacy to it, credibility. Number one. He didn't know the outcome ever of a match, ever. He's right. how can I call something I already know the outcome to? It's got and that's, to that's really to... important, Pam, and forgive me for interrupting you, but that's critical, and people don't understand that. They never smartened up Gordon Soley to the finish of a match. Never. Mm-mm. Never. Mm-mm. When Mm-mm. you heard him call a match... That was that was the first time he saw it. First time he called it. Go ahead, Pam. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, um, no, no. Please, please continue. You were saying um, that he talked about that not being. Uh, oh. You know, I was wondering if you could expand they... on that. What was what was his opinion of of the the product towards the, the product? end of his life? If you... Okay. The big the big turn off to him. Do you remember when the NWO did the crucifixion? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Oh, no, he was done at that point. He's done. He says, I have never been so embarrassed. So, oh, my gosh. I mean, my dad may not have, you know, professed his religion or anything out there, and his, but his beliefs were strong. And he said they just took it all away. They made this wrong. Um, he, he didn't like the way the, the steroids were being pushed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, everything changed. Everything changed. The 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 tape the table. First of all, you're not supposed to touch the announcers. You're not supposed to go near the announcers. That was a big thing back in the in the '60s. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and you know, of course, they played it up because one of them back not not uh, Don Morocco, but someone else had come close to the table and got close to Dad or whatever, and it was written up in one of the uh, the wrestling um, bulletins. But there was supposedly a, um, what do you want to call it, a, a, a declaration brought down from the NWA that says, don't you ever touch the announcers. If you touch the announcers, you will be fined. That's absolutely true. You know, mm-hmm. because it, you touch the announcer, you did, what are you doing? Have you lost your mind? First of all, the announcer was going to put you over. Why would you screw with him? Right. Exactly. That's a really interesting point. These are the guys, you know, that in many cases, they're making you. They're Mm -hmm. creating you, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and to put your hand on 
on someone who's largely responsible for your career, it's not really a smart move, is it, Dan? No, not in the slightest. And if I can expand, that's actually something that's come up in conversation before, and it's a point I've made on the show in the past, is the style, as Benny mentioned, Gordon could could you know make a, a burning log sound interesting. I would be hard-pressed, even hearing his voice in my head, to hear him make some of the matches today sound believable because they are so fantastical to, you know, the the bell rings and you're instantly doing flips and power bombs through tables and all this. Like you said, the announce table gets destroyed sometimes multiple times a show because they'll rebuild it during the commercial break. You know, it, I, I would be hard pressed that even he, even his amazing skill could salvage some of the product today. Yeah, but you also have at the same time, he said, all they're doing is acrobats. They're just out there. You know, I mean, Dad never said that they weren't still, you know, beefed up and all that other stuff. Because um, my my late husband said he thought the whole thing was fake. And this is when he first met my husband, first met Dad. And Dad's head flipped around. He goes, what? And he goes, well, it can't be real. You don't think it's real? Come on. We'll just go down to the gym right now. And you can just work out with them in the ring. Oh, no, that, that's and, – and Bob just backed away. Like, no, no, wrong move. Yeah. Not scoring points with your father-in-law at that stage of the game. <laughs> but he said all they do is they do flips. There's no wrestling. You know, I mean, when they first started, when Dad and Eddie and the rest of them, these guys wanted to wrestle. They were they, – there was still some uh, – the, the Grecian wrestling still in there in the moves. I mean, you look at people like, like uh, Lou says – and Don Curtis and Jack Briscoe and Jerry Briscoe. Those guys did moves. They did wrestling moves, but all this other stuff, flip them over. It's so choreographed that there are times when I have watched it that I sit back and go, does anybody else see that they're like off in their timing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Exactly. You so know, I, uh, then. I'm, I'm so happy to hear you mention Luthez and Jack Briscoe and you know, people like that. You know, I met your father in uh, in 1999. And by the way, this is Angelo again, Pam. Yes, I yes, met sir. your father in 1999. I had a picture taken with him. And I we, have that uh, picture. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> by the way, that was. Uh, and I and I, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, let me <laughs> uh, before I tell my story, Pam. I want to back up and talk about you and I a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. In the interest of full disclosure, Pam is here almost a full year late. We actually spoke about having you on the show previously, but Mm -hmm. again, in the interest of full disclosure, you're a school teacher, and at the Mm -hmm. time, this was before COVID, and at the time, you could only do a weekends, and we, of course, we don't record on weekends, so it became very difficult to get our schedules together but we always right. maintained a, an online presence with each other and a, and a friendship and quite frankly mm-hmm. we have a lot in common um yes, I, I met your father uh in fact the people watching this video when they see it tonight they're going to see uh your father and i together and, and i looking a lot younger um and gordon solely looking as handsome as ever uh, that was the only photo he took that day. And he was only there for that day. Um, mm-hmm. Your dad wasn't feeling well when he arrived. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he um, came down from his room. He kind of walked around a bit. I uh, pulled him to the side. And we had to, we did something that, that he doesn't do a lot, that he didn't do a lot. We spoke about everything but wrestling. We talked a lot about other things. And my niece, who happened to be with me, had the camera. And uh, and I knew that your father was kind of on the downside and he was looking tired. And mm-hmm. I said, Nancy, my, my niece Nancy, I said, Nancy, take a picture of us. Um, and I'm glad I got that photo because it ended up being one of, one the, of the last. last. Yeah. It ended up being like one of, if not the last photo uh, of Gordon Soley that, and, mm-hmm. that I have and with me in it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because he went to the great ring in the sky several months later. But I will tell you, that man accomplished something in life that a lot of people don't do. Or don't get a chance to do anyway. Um, he made his voice, singularly his voice, recognizable universally. There are only two people in my life that have done that. Wolfman Jack and Gordon Soley. You can't mistake that. Yeah, you can't mistake that that gravelly, you know, no nonsense voice of Gordon Soley, and likewise the gravelly, you know, albeit smoker's voice of Wolfman Jack. Um, Mm -hmm. But those two voices were the soundtrack of my life growing up. When I heard Gordon Soley's voice, I knew it was time. To leave the dinner table and go in front of the TV. That was it. <laughs> it was time Hold for wrestling. <laughs> it was time for wrestling. Absolutely. And so when I spoke to him that day, and we, we spoke for about 45 minutes or so. And, and like I say, he, I knew he was getting tired, so I just kind of let him go. But he loved to talk about anything but wrestling. I, I got this sense. And maybe we, you and I can talk about this, Pam. I got the sense that he could he could have cared two shits for wrestling. No, I really got that yes sense. Yes and no. He really didn't yeah, care. But yes, yes, yes and no. I mean, at that stage of his life, he wasn't feeling well. You're right. And he saw the product uh, that he so adored. Uh, please understand, this was not a job to my dad. This was his career. This was his life. He loved to go to work every day in front of that mic, in front of the, the squared circle. I mean, that was my dad, you know, and he he would, his voice was, he was having trouble with his voice. He was, there was just all kinds of stuff, you know, and he knew what was coming. Yeah. And I think that depressed him. Now, the one thing you did touch on, um, he loved to talk, period. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'll vouch for that, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not something, I mean, it's something apparently that, that I inherited it as well because it was always written up in my report cards, talks too much, talks too much, you know. <laughs> uh, but with my dad, he was like, he knew so much about everything. I mean, whatever you brought up, he could talk about, he could expand on it. He could, I mean, he could tell stories that went with it. The last uh, two years of his life, um, I was a primary caregiver, and we had a routine set up, and I would call him every night, and we would talk, sometimes two hours, sometimes three hours, but we talked about everything but wrestling. We had political discussions, we, I mean, educational, psychological, I mean, we, we talked the gamut of stuff. So for what you did, you scored high points with him on that. I will tell you that I was utterly fascinated at his knowledge of wines. He knew so (laughs) you you know what I'm talking about then. My father knew so much about wines. Oh my god, yes. He knew yeah. so much about like different wines and mm-hmm. the the kind of grapes that they use and you know how much sugar you ferment it with and all this this other crazy kind of stuff. Well, he was he was an encyclopedia of information. Now I'm going to be uh, I'll be yes. very upfront and honest. Um, my father had a, a, a very um, he had a serious drinking problem, which a lot of people have alluded to. There's I, there's one website out there that drives me crazy, but the man is trying to change his name, but it's called Gordon Foley's Liver. And I'm like, why would you do that, you know? And I wrote him a very nice email, and the guy said, okay, I'm going to change it. I said, I mean, just out of respect for my family, you know. Yeah, we all knew he had a drinking problem, but and Dad knew. And he regretted it. But... Well, I mean, be be that as it may, look, there are uh, there are uh, any number of people in or out of the wrestling business or or any business for that matter mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. may drink a bit too much or may have a a, a mm-hmm. problem 
Um, that never affected, however, his work. No, uh, it and didn't. he and never, you know, and and his, and it's the, the you know, in full disclosure, Pam, it's the truth. Uh, it is. It was it was well known that Gordon, you know, liked to bend the elbow with the boys, and sometimes yep. without them, but mm -hmm. uh, he never. <laughs> It never affected his ability to call, uh, his yep. ability to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Benny, to, to emphasize <clears throat> what was important in a match uh, or a, a program coming up or a series of, nope. you know, live events. Uh, Dan, you want to pick up um, where <clears throat> we are, maybe uh, talk a little bit about, um, you know, the... The wrestling product, and you and Benny can have at it a bit. Can I can I interject something real quick? Yeah, absolutely, Pam. Well. Sure. Um, my father could probably drink most people under the table, and he would smile at you and say that. Um, but I watched the man down uh, vodka with a splash of cranberry doubles. Uh, yeah, I would have been on the floor. Okay, and he would have. You know, he'd have four of them and then go back to the station when he was doing radio and get on there and not miss a beat. Not You wouldn't know that he'd been drinking. He was amazing. I mean, it was well, like he just... Well, Pam, I will tell you in the interest of full disclosure in that photo that we have, mm -hmm. you can't see his hand, but uh, there's a vodka and cranberry in his hand with a little red straw sticking out of it. Yep. <laughs> I, I know because he came, he came to me right from the bar. <laughs> that so, would be my dad. I guess he had just landed. He, got, he went up to his room. They took his bags mm -hmm. up. He came back down. He went right to the bar. By the way, this is 10 o'clock in the morning. And the mm -hmm. bar, you know, it was a 24-hour bar in the hotel. So the bar was open all, all day, all night. Mm -hmm. uh, so and people were, and not just him, and just in fairness to Gordon Soley, uh, there were a lot of people that were feeling pretty good 10 o'clock in that morning, <laughs> <laughs> including well, I, yours I, truly, I, by the way, <laughs> including well, yours I, truly. I think, I think he traced a lot of it back. There was, he, he would tell you that, you know, he, he suffered from depression at times. And I think that was his, he was self-medicating a lot of times and, sure. and, but he, he, he he loved his vodka, and yes, he loved his wines. Yeah, you know, he could he, he could tell you the difference in the wines. So, oh, well, but like I said, what, we had uh, quite the conversation about his knowledge of wines. It was mm -hmm. uh, fascinating that you know um, that he could take just about any subject and converse intellectually and intelligently on it. Um, he'd make a good. Benny, when he'd did make you, a good. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tim. Um, he would make a good fact checker on um, Facebook, I suppose. <laughs> Anything, he knows it. Yeah. Anyway, my my bad. <laughs> oh, go ahead, Dan. Oh, I'm yeah. going to go to Dan. Go ahead. Go ahead Dan. Uh, I was going to ask, we were talking about the product, and it comes up a lot. Uh, one of the things that comes up on this show often is the narrative that the best people in wrestling, the characters in wrestling, are the real you turned up to 11. I'm wondering, listening to the commentary from racing and the the, the backstage, some of the backstage work, and and seeing some of the the interviews in in later life and the commentary, where did the line blur between the man you knew as your father and and the man we would see on TV calling matches? That's a good question. Um, he was the same guy. I mean, I, I don't even know how to answer that. Uh, did he have a persona that he put out out there? Well, what you saw was what you get, okay? That was the real Gordon Soley, no matter what. Because I remember yeah. going to the, what is it, St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Tampa back before he passed away. Oh, yeah. And they were, mm -hmm. they were honoring him, you know, and, and he was tired because he'd been at another show earlier. And I said, Dad, you don't really have to do this. And he goes, I know. He says, but he needs to sell tickets. And he's talking about Vince. Mm -hmm. And he goes, he's using me to sell tickets. 
you know. But he went out there and he was he was he was Gordon. He was my dad. He I never well, saw that there was a line. You know, and that's another thing too. You know, he had this. He never forgot what this business did for him and that it created no. you know it, it gave him this whole other career really mm-hmm. um his name alone on a marquee or on a poster could move tickets now you're talking about a guy that's an announcer moving tickets but in gordon Soley's case he could do it um we had a guy here the other night pam and my guys will tell you we had a guy here the other night Gary Michael Capetta was the I know announcer. who he is, yes. Yeah, so you know who, who Gary is. He mm-hmm. was a, he's a good friend of mine. And he was mm-hmm. here the other night. And um, you know, and and we talked about, you know, what a person's reputation means in this business. And without your reputation, you have nothing. There's nothing without it. Mm-hmm. Gordon Soley's reputation from day one was pristine to the very end it was pristine no one could ever pin anything nefarious or uh, mm-hmm. untoward on him or uh, in any way uh, smudge his good name or his record um, and that's something to be very proud of you can't say that about a lot of people especially in the wrestling business because as mm-hmm. you know having been around this business for most of your adult life, it's a, it's a shit show. Let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a shit mm-hmm. show. And, uh, and one guy that knows a lot about the re- people's reputations in this business is our guy Ben Scala from Ocala. Benny, why don't you talk about the reputation Gordon had among the masses? Well... <clears throat> I can tell you, just as a reference point, you know, I grew up, again, I grew up in Long Island. Uh, I started watching wrestling in 1968, and back then it was Capital Wrestling from uh, Washington, D.C., and the announcer was Ray Morgan. And I think after that was uh, Chili Billy, Bill Cardell. Yeah. And and then after that was Vince McMahon, and I guess we got got cable on Long Island from, uh, I guess, uh, Cablevision in about 1975. And... All of a sudden, I get the show, Championship Wrestling from Florida. Yeah, boy. And I see this guy, Gordon Soley. Yeah, boy. And, and just like the, the contrast to what I was used to, um, to, to what, you know, you know to, to what I saw with him. And just the, the minute he said, Suple, I, I, I lost it. Like, it's like, what the hell? Like, this guy's great. Yeah. And then he's, I guess he said something about Assalto. And I had never heard that mm-hmm. that that whole call before, and just the way he went through the match, I was like, I was mesmerized right from the the, the first minute. And you know, he's go ahead, Angela. You want to say something? Yeah, no, I'm chomping at the bit here, Benny. I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm going to throw it right back to you. And Dan is laughing at me because he, I promised I wasn't going to interrupt tonight, but I did anyway. Um, I'm not a kid though. Gordon would often educate himself. And Pam, was this a deliberate thing? On your dad's part, he would like literally educate himself in, uh, in the the te- the technical jargon of like what a move was, a salto, um, yes. or a you know a souple instead of a suplex. You know, yep. he, he took a great he deal of like pride. That? Well, and he, he pronounced it that way for a reason because he wanted to draw attention. I mean, he knew exactly that people would go, what did he just say? Just like, exactly. You know, exactly. You know? It, it definitely and worked he, for me. Yeah. And the other well, part, too, is you, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was going to say, like, it, it definitely got my attention. Well, and, and the other part, too, is he could tell you the history of wrestling. I mean, just, he didn't have to have a book in front of him. He'd read it. Yes. He was very well versed. He took an anatomy class. Uh, he wanted to know what it was like to be in the ring as a wrestler. So uh, Coach John Heath worked him out in the ring. Dad came out saying, I don't want to do that. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'll stay behind the desk. Uh, but he said, how can I call anything, again, if I don't know what they're going through? Yeah, that's a valid point, Dan. What do you think? Uh, no, that that's fair enough. That's one of the biggest complaints people have about modern commentary, especially some of the uh, indie 
the like the the smaller program uh, smaller shows is it's obvious the commentators aren't from the wrestling business these are either guys that are talkers or maybe just general you know some local music radio jockey uh who doesn't know the business they can't get moves right they can't get names right and it just sounds it hurts the product and I, I hate to use the word but it makes it sound fake because it's obvious the announcers aren't really there or aren't really invested in what they're watching that's the best word dad was invested in it all the way you know that's interesting that's an interesting choice of words dan fake mm -hmm. especially considering that the person most credited with the legitimacy of wrestling is gordon soli mm -hmm. he's the one guy i think across the board and across all promotions by the way um the fact that he was not only you know, a no-nonsense kind of announcer, but he was the announcer for the voice of uh, one of the most credible organizations around, the National Wrestling Alliance, before, you know, all the show-busy stuff came into play. Before it became uh, entertainment. Yeah, exactly. And, and Pam, I'm glad that you, you know where I'm going with this. What is the one thing, if you had to... To call bullshit on something. What's the one, the biggest misnomer about Gordon Soley, either personally or professionally? What's the one thing that everybody gets wrong? <laughs> oh, let's see. I've read lots of stuff um, that gets wrong. It, and I'll, I'll give you a little, I'll throw a little example at you. It's been mm -hmm. said. It has been said and speculated that, and maybe Dan and, and Benny can jump into this one with you. Um, it's been suggested that Gordon and Dusty Rhodes did not like each other. And I say this because I'm looking at a photo right now behind me where Dusty and your dad are just shit-eating, grinning ear-to-ear -ear at each other. Um, been drinking. Oh. <laughs> okay. There was no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Here, here, here's the deal, and that's probably a good one, a good segue in, into this. But he, he and Dusty, business-wise, they had some real falling outs. I mean, you have to understand when Eddie died, everything fell apart. I mean. Yeah. And people tried to move in and and take over and be the boss and they were not Eddie, you know, and, and I've said this a hundred times, my dad and Eddie were like brothers. I heard and that. And I, and I don't want you actually, I don't want you to get too far into that, Pam, because I want to explore okay. that line of questioning uh, about Eddie Graham and your father. Cause that's but a whole, back to, yeah, it is. It's a whole thing by itself. But yeah, it really is. It? So and yes and no on dusty, you know, I mean, yeah. Um, at one time, I think they were, but then Dusty really wanted, Dusty was into Dusty. Dad was into pushing yeah. everybody over at the top, you know. There was, uh, th that had been, and I don't know, and my guys will say, I've been around this business a long time, a very, very long time. And I know everybody. Uh, and making a phone call, I was talking to a dear friend of mine last night for two hours, talking mm. about the, uh, talking about Dusty and, and uh, Gordon. Um, he said they did not like each other, but they had incredible mutual respect for each yes. other. Good, um, that's a good way to they, it. Yeah, because they both knew that their name appeal had a financial draw element to it. Nobody was yes. going to turn on wrestling and stay very long if they didn't hear Gordon Soley's voice coming out of their television. Likewise, they weren't going to stay very long if they didn't see Dusty Rhodes in the ring with someone. Well, it's not, it's not just Dusty in the ring. You watch Dusty and my dad at the announcer's table, a lot of Georgia championship wrestling. Oh yeah. my gosh! I mean, they they played off each other beautifully, you know. Oh my and god! Yeah. Up there. 
Yeah, Dusty standing up there going, God and God and God and Tully. Yeah, God and God and Tully, you know. And absolutely, uh, the, you know. So I mean, they knew where their bread was buttered. They weren't they weren't stupid, but they mm-hmm. did they. It had a lot to do with the business stuff. That yeah. that probably hurt Dad more than anything. Dan, and, you and want to pick up on that? Well, people don't even realize my dad was a very sensitive person. I believe that. People don't even, you know. Yeah, I believe that. Having had the chance to speak to him, I actually believe that. Mm-hmm. I also get the feeling that he was incredibly insecure. Um, <laughs> he always said, "There's going to be somebody bigger, better, faster, and smarter than you. So you better be the top of your game." Absolutely. You know, and uh, a lot of people thought he was stuck up. I remember somebody telling me that once. Your father's so arrogant. And I'm like, what? Well, you well, must not know the same guy go. I that's, that's a perfect That's a perfect lead-in for you, Dan, the man. Um, again, one of those misnomers, you know, that somehow, yeah. for some reason, Gordon Soley was a stuffed shirt. He was far from a stuffed yeah. shirt. They, and, I am told... Dan the man, and maybe you and Pam can get into this, but I am told by a little birdie that he had a wicked ass sense of humor. <laughs> Especially oh, yeah. when he had a, a couple of vodka and cranberries in him. <laughs> just, oh, just, yeah. <laughs> just, just enough cranberry juice to make sure the liquid in the glass wasn't clear anymore. <laughs> exactly. Um, you have no idea. In fact, there's stuff I, I can't even I, I can't even go into oh, because it was shit. that's funny. <laughs> You know, it's it's crazy <laughs> oh, that he funny. would that he would have that kind of reputation because watching him and listening to him, that that authentic, uh, and then when you touched on the fact that that he didn't know the results, there was there was an authentic aura about him. Like it was it was yes, there was professionalism. Yes, he made it exciting, but there was also that little tweak of fan that came through when the right person mm-hmm. won or if a, if a moment in a match was really good, you could tell that genuine, oh, Thank you know. You, you know w- what? W- Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan, for saying that because he came across like a fan. Who yeah, knew well, what he, he was well doing. you know why? You know why? My father was not an athlete. He used to say, my gosh, he goes, I try, he tried to show off for a girl one time, and he thought it was really cool, so he got down. He had a bicycle, a brand-new bicycle, and so he's, like, showing off, and he decides he's going um, to pedal with his knees and all this other stuff. I mean, he ended up wiping out. He couldn't play baseball. I mean, he wasn't a football player. I mean, he was none of that stuff. So he admired those guys. He admired that they could keep their bodies in that kind of shape. But he was also this kid that grew up listening on the radio to the boxers out of Madison Square Gardens, and he listened to them call the matches, and that's what he wanted to do. You know, he made that decision when he was like seven or eight years old. That's going to be me. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wasn't an athlete. He was he was short, and he wasn't very he wasn't beefy at all. And I don't even think. Well, think Pam, if played, it was any consolation to you, sweetheart. Um, in that photo you have, your father's actually one inch taller than I am. So he was taller <laughs> well, than... both a lot taller than me. <laughs> he, he was, you know, he was a one, exactly one inch taller than I am. So <laughs> you, can, you, you can have bragging rights. He was taller than somebody. <laughs> go ahead, Dan. Was... Man. Yeah, oh, no, go ahead. You were saying? Oh, me? You. Yeah. Oh, um, no, I just think people think they wonder what's this skinny little guy, this little short guy. But he, he was fireball when he wanted to be. And yes, he had a keen sense of humor. He had the quickest wit and he was full of sarcasm. Oh, boy. I mean, you don't you don't survive in the house unless in, in fact, my own children know it. I mean, and my grandchildren know it, that he they they were a witness to it. You know, and and uh, Benny, this kind of goes off of something you were saying earlier. You think about uh, Dusty Rhodes, Andre the Giant, Mr. Wrestling 2, some of the greatest either interview or, or on-screen moments. It, it, was, it was your father holding the microphone. And I don't think some of those moments would have worked if he was bigger 
and slower with it because he could he could bang out the questions he could bounce you know back when it was back when nothing was scripted he could hold mm-hmm. his own in the interview segment, and and when you have your you know these guys that kind of towered over him, and he's still you know well well how could you do that, and what did you think? Are you you know the, the match next week, and and you know it's no disqualification, and he bam 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 the questions. He never he he appeared professional, but he never appeared intimidated, which just gave it such an aura of you know these larger that made the people on TV look larger than life. And I don't think anybody and else. That's that really off. interesting, Dan. He was never intimidated, despite the fact here's the guy that could have broke with a punch. You know, <laughs> you know, I stood next to him. You know, for quite some time. You know, he was not a muscular guy. You know. Mm-hmm. He was, Nope. In fact, he was built a lot like I am, mm-hmm. except the summer gun was taller than he by an inch. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, Benny, talk to let's talk about that. You know, and I want Benny to chime into this. I'm going to give you a lead over here. I have a photo behind me. It's a really interesting picture, Pam. It's a picture of your father, Gordon Soley, standing ringside. And I don't know anything about this picture. That's why I got to go to my historian here, Big Ben Scala. He's standing ringside next to one Vincent Kennedy McMahon that looks like a WWF show somewhere, Benny. What do you think? What what am I looking at, Benny? The only thing I could think of is maybe when, uh, I guess, what do they call it? Black Saturday? When mm-hmm. after Vince McMahon bought the TV time on t- mm-hmm. WTBS, that's the only thing I can think of. Would would well, that have been it, Pam? Do you know which which photo I'm it, talking it, about? Yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Um, I think that was just before all that went down, or right, well, actually around that time. But mm. see, Vince came to Vince came to Dad and said, you know, we really want you to be part of it because there was such a backlash. People turned tuned into you know, wrestling, and my dad wasn't there, and people were, I mean, the, the letters that people exactly. wrote to the right. station, oh. they were appalled. You know, what did you do with our announcer, and what's going on? And they didn't like Vince McMahon too much for that. So Vince came to dad and said, hey, realizing, because Vince, Vince is a marketing person, and he said, look, um, I'd like for you to be part of the show, so um, we're willing to pay you $1,500 each time, oh, if you wear a tuxedo. Shit. My dad looked at him and he says, I don't think so. Goodbye. Walked away. Damn. <laughs> Ange- Angelo, I don't I don't mean to interject here. Are you talking about that picture over your right shoulder where it's it's yeah. the two of them in front of that blue ring? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's 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 that that's the uh, the famous Omni show that aired on HBO mm-hmm. that was filmed in Georgia. That was that was oh. one of the one of the early early hybrid shows where when the WWF still or WW I guess WWF probably still worked with some of the territories and did their Omni specials. And I, and yeah, I was curious been- about that because I was. It's funny, Pam. I was going to ask you if you knew whether or not uh, Vince was going to make your dad an offer to come over and work for him, because I heard that he, you know, you mentioned fifteen hundred dollars per episode. I heard mm-hmm. crazy, crazy numbers, um, nah. as low as five hundred and as much as five thousand. But nah, I've heard some crazy numbers thrown around. Um, I do know that Gordon it. basically told Vince to go pound sand up his ass. Well, I was being polite, you know, but yeah, he did. He said I want. He wanted nothing yeah. to do with it, you know, and and I that yeah. and Vince tried to that one particular show. I think that's when Vince decided he wanted to be the announcer. And one of the things that Vince lost, and, and I noticed it over the years, is that he kept beefing himself up, and he started looking more and more like the wrestlers rather than, you know, the announcer yeah. or, you know, the, the promoter, you know, which takes away from the guys. And there are some remarkable guys, people that, you know, work in the industry, too. I'm not taking anything away from them. But Dad yeah. said, this, this is not going to work. He said, I, no. There were those were two egos that were not going to work together. Yeah, uh, pretty clearly. Benny, chime in over here, brother. You well, got the. I was going to ask. Uh, I was going to mention you got the, Javier Oist, daughter. Very, very Go good friends, it. Javier, um, who we've had on the show within yeah. the last couple of weeks, actually. 
And Javier lives in El Salvador, but he lived in Florida for a brief amount of time when he was younger. And what got him hooked on wrestling was he got, I guess he was fooling around with his TV set, messing around with the UHF, and came across the Championship Wrestling with Florida show. And at that precise moment was the angle of uh, when Kevin Sullivan had attacked superstar Billy Graham. Oh, yeah. And uh, put him out of commission. And they, they mm-hmm. went to this photo of Billy Graham chained up in the desert with his eye taped up. I'll never forget that because I, I saw that myself. I was mesmerized. And he used the term. I mean, he said a lot of things, Billy Graham, but he said, break the chains that bind me. And oh, my gosh. That's what that's what hooked Javier. And Javier, is, he's been a wrestling fan ever since then. And I was going to ask, like, did your dad have any input into these, these uh, storylines? Yes. Yes, he wrote he wrote a lot of them. With WC, I heard that. with uh yeah, championship wrestling from Florida. He he not only wrote the storylines, he wrote the ads in the in the the paper that they had, the weekly bulletin a that lot. they had. I mean, he he was dad was a writer. Uh an amazing writer. I mean, and again, that goes along with his announcing abilities. But he had a schedule set up, and he'd follow that schedule, boom, 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 because nobody told him what to say. He said what he wanted to say and needed to say, so he wrote it down. Damn. Yes, they did. They uh, we did. talked about that, Pam. Oh, I'm so, so thrilled that you brought this up. Good boy, that's going to open up a Pandora's box. Um, we talked about that spontaneity that existed, that mm-hmm. realism that existed, as soon as, and this is just my opinion, because I'm going to spout off from a minute. Um, as soon as they started scripting stuff yeah. and making it sound plastic and phony, then you'll, there were no need for people like Gordon Soley. There were no need for, for a guy like that to like, speak from the heart. When you start writing everything and, you sound, and it all sounds robotic, then you've yeah. lost your product. Gordon had the ability to keep you and hold you. And, you know, and to, to use Benny's analogy, you know, to, to chain you to that TV. You didn't want to break those chains, you know? Tune in next I week for the next episode. I wanted to be bound to my TV, brother. <laughs> yeah, but you got to think that the storyline was the most crucial part of it, you know? I mean, exactly. and sometimes, sometimes the storyline got taken off because the guys would come out of the ring and they were ticked at each other or they were ticked going into the ring because they, you know, they, they took it to heart. I mean, it, it's, well, it's, you a day, know, it's a golden really, age gone. That's really interesting. Has your father ever confessed to you being pulled into someone's real life uh, heat. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah. There was stuff that went down, but okay, I mean, he wrote a couple of stories. And I'm not getting into it. <laughs> no, nah, we'll 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 save that for the adult version of the show <laughs> at some other point. One time um, he had to go to court. Oh well, no, we're not even going to get into that one. No, yeah, please, I, I don't. I actually know that one, Pam. Mm-hmm. I actually know that one. Uh, we're not that's we're not even gonna touch that right now. Benny, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you. No, no problem, kiddo. Absolutely. Benny, go ahead, brother. Um, you know, just with your dad's style, the way he was so low-key with that voice and he was so analytical. I, I'm a huge baseball fan. I could have easily had him have imagined him calling a baseball game on the radio. Did he ever entertain <laughs> going into other sports? Okay, now I'm gonna make you laugh. The name Gennard, which is his birth name, or his middle name, whatever, Gennard Francis, it belonged to the um, Gennard brothers. One played for the White Sox, and one played for the Minnesota Twins. And my grandfather, my dad's dad, was a big baseball freak. And that's how my dad became known as Gennard. He actually has, somebody, has somebody's last name as his first name. And it was Bubba Gennard. And then I forget the other brother's name, but I think he was named after Bubba. Um, but they were, I think, in the World Series. Both of them at one point were in the World Series. Like I said, my grandpa was sure. a big fan. Um, and uh, <laughs> dad, 
dad hated baseball. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> my hus- <laughs> my I heard husband, that. my husband stayed one night when he was got out of the hospital. When dad got out of the hospital, and um, the Bulls were on TV for basketball, or the Cubs, or something. I don't remember which one it was. But my dad says, "Don't leave him here again with me." I said, what? And he goes, I am not watching another one of those basketball games or one of those baseball games. All he did was jump up and down, jump up and down the whole time he was here. And he just, <laughs> he could watch football. He loved football, but he had no desire with baseball or with wow. um, basketball. So, yeah. I heard he thought that. baseball was boring. He thought baseball was boring. Well, okay. Benny, I gave you the first set of questions. Dan, I'm going to give you the last set of questions. And then we will say goodnight to Pam. Go ahead, brother. Well, I mean, really, uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and going into the detail. And we kind of touched on it before with the announcing and obviously you covered racing. I'm curious if if you knew or if there had ever been stories, if the wrestling business hadn't have come along, what would your what would your father have ended up doing? (laughs) In a variety of jobs, radio. I radio think I know. Why writing? Can I writing tell you what I think he would have ended up doing, Pam? Go for I it. I think he would have ended up writing. Yeah. Well, he was and a writer I'll, for the Lakeland th- Ledger. Yeah, I think he would have ended up writing. Um, a lot of people don't know this, and this is a, a great Christmas gift to give everyone right now. Uh, the knowledge that you can still now purchase a book of poetry written by Gordon Soley. Um, it's still available. It is available on, uh, I believe, Amazon or a number of... Uh, Amazon. Yeah. yeah it's out of print. It's out yeah. of print, by the way. But it is available, yes. Yeah. it's yeah, You can still get it. Are you talking about Gordon Soley, Something Left Behind? Uh, the, the, the book of poetry, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a yeah. big book, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's what he left me when he passed away. He says, you'll know what to do with this. Yeah. And I did. Mm. Yep. I, and I, that's a, uh, a, a an amazing gift. If you, uh, you want to give someone the gift that keeps on giving, that's it. It's a book of uh, poetry and inspiration and... Um, Stories. A, a lot of insightful... Uh, a lot of insightful uh, thoughts about this uh, coming from this man who you know as just just an announcer, so-called just an announcer. He was he was a lot more than just an announcer. He was a uh, a father and uh, uh, you know a a, um, a a a personality, a character, if you want to call him that. He was uh, yeah, very much. He he, he had a. He had, his thinking was very Socratic, and he he was a uh, uh, deep thinker, sometimes an overthinker, but yeah. very sensitive. And some of the stories in there, they'll just oh, tug at your heart. And some of them are like, whoa, um, you know, we are seven, we are about seven days from Rome. I mean, it's like that was written back in the seventies, and it's today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Great pictures, a lot of tremendous pictures in that book that we put together with the, with the poems or with the stories. So, yeah. And I want people, uh, I want people to check that out. It is available. It's still on Amazon. Um, mm-hmm. so go there and get it. It's Pam Allen. And, uh, just briefly, if you can, and we've talked about it on the show before, but talk about how the, uh, Soli Chronicles came to be. Uh, Solar Chronicles. It was actually uh, Scott Teal brought that up and said, you know, you need to you need to put your dad's life into to to print and because he had such an interesting life. So that's where we ended up. It starts from yeah. the day he was born, and it's it's a bi- it's an it's a biography, and it right. has some tremendous interviews in there of, of so many oh God, different yeah. stars from the from the the days, you know, and and it was a lot of fun to do and. Uh, I learned a lot. Uh, stories that my father would pray in heaven, going, "What in the world, girl?" But right. I was very cautious <laughs> of certain ones. So yes, and both yeah. of those, both of those are still available. Um, yes. Scott Teal has the uh, 
Foley Chronicles. And available on Crowbar Press. I should tell you, Pam, Scott is a very, very good friend of the show. He's a good friend of mine personally. Uh, we like man. Scott here a lot. He's a good guy. He's one mm -hmm. of those good guys, you know. Um, yes, he is. He, he really is. Um, I will... I, I will tell you that's been my Christmas gift to have you on the show tonight. Um, I have wanted to do this for a, a God, a year now. We talked about doing this. Um, finally, we got to do it. And I would love to have you back maybe uh, in 2021. And, you know, we'll, I'll give you, you a few drinks. Well, yeah, what I'll <laughs> do is I'll, I'll, I'll give you a few drinks. I'll, uh, I'll have my guys... <laughs> I'll have my guys drink early that day, and we can That's get into problem. some of the raunchy stories. <laughs> I know okay. Benny Scal is up for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Pam, I am thanks. not my father, but I hope I have not embarrassed him or anyone oh, in my this. God. No, you, let me tell you something, and I'll tell you straight from the heart. Um, I, I'm honored to call you my friend. Uh, you Thank are you. an amazing an amazing tribute to your father. Um, wrestling fans worldwide. Anyone who's ever had the pleasure and privilege to see Gordon Soli or to hear his amazing voice was given a gift. Uh, and that gift is, is immortal. That gift is immortalized now and forever. On film and video and in photographs, his uh, likeness will always be made available, especially on this show, where we preserve the history of the great personalities from our dying and beloved sport. Absolutely. So, until next year, young lady, when I see you, uh, remain happy and healthy. And uh, thank you. Uh, and I love you. Thanks for, uh, for joining us. Love you guys, too, from the heart. Be Thank good. you so much. Thank you. Take care, honey. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. Remarkable. Oh yeah, that was crazy. That was great. What a great conversation with Pam Allen, guys. That was a uh, remarkable. The Absolutely. Benny, Dan, what do you think? Uh, talk to me, kid. Uh, ben, Benny, you you brought up a point about the announcers. Why don't you say that again? Yeah, it's like, I think it's so cool that we had Gary Capetta last week, and then we had the daughter of, like, probably arguably the greatest commentator ever, back-to-back, -back. and, like, we in both cases, we didn't even scratch the surface. We had, we could easily have them both back for, you know, four more well, episodes. Well, Benny, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I have a Christmas surprise for you. All right. <laughs> I promised a Christmas surprise. So here it is. I confirmed last night this uh, this guest will be joining us in January, but I confirmed last night yet another in-ring personality turned microphone guru. We're going to have none other than Gorilla Monsoon's daughter, Valerie Morella. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Talk to Val... Uh, Via Facebook, she's actually a friend of my wife, and uh, what are you laughing at, Dan? No, I, I, I think it's it's great how many connections you have. That's awesome. Uh, well, brother, it's a whole New Jersey thing, though, right? Yeah, right, me. yeah, yeah. Of course, they all know me. You, you throw, you throw. You. A, I know them, and they know me. It's all throw, good. Throw a rock from the uh, from the Jersey Arena, and you're going to hit somebody famous in wrestling history. Pretty right. much, yeah, absolutely. Well, Benny, you know, you're from this area, you know. A stone's throw from the garden and everybody lives here, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Gorilla was what, Willingboro, New yeah, Jersey? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Called him the Willingboro Giant. What a nice man he was, too. Great guy. Um, yeah, his daughter, Valerie, she's a beautiful young lady. Tell you what, though, she's got her daddy's attitude. <laughs> Good. Bless her heart. So she's going to be with us in January. Valerie Morella, the gorilla's daughter. And uh, hi, honey. My wife. She looks so beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'm telling the world now that you're friends with Val. And have been for years. Yes. I, well, Dan's laughing at you. 
I'm not laughing at her. Oh, the entire East Coast is laughing at us right now. <laughs> anyway, except for Benny in Florida, he's mesmerized. I've been, with, I've been friends with Val for over 20 years. I know. Did you hear that world? She said she's friends with Val for 20 years. There you go. Oh, my God. I got a hell of an edit tonight. <laughs> got a good edit tonight. Benny... You are the man with the script. You got it. Uh, it's your turn to tell everybody who our sponsor is. Oh, okay. Well, let me do that. All right. Here we go. And I'll try here. not to lose my shit again. Yeah, hopefully I don't get arrested here. Um, in these trying times of corona, you still want to have a primo bona. Especially now. Tis the season of Yule. You want to have the nicest tool. Just head on over to manscaped.com. You're guaranteed to be the coolest arm. That's H-O-M-M-E, like ohm. I, I know what it is. Yes. All right. You know, with the lawnmower 3.0's nick-free head, you'll have the number one sack on Santa's sled. <laughs> so get that lawnmower 3.0. And you'll be the desire of everybody's, of every hope you have a great Christmas and a happy new year. And just uh, go over to manscaped.com, type in the promo code Wrestling Future for a generous 20% discount. Oh, manscaped.com for the best Christmas balls hanging on the tree. <laughs> oh, amazing. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> Tiny Have a great Christmas, everybody. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.